0: Welcome to the Brexit Business Podcast, episode 153. I'm your host, Malcolm Gallagher. Well, aren't we in the midst of a continuing strange time? Covid may be coming under control, the opportunity to travel may be returning, but the worry about scarcity of fuel, food and more, and the rising costs of energy, council taxes, and just about everything else is worrying. I talk more about that in my Malcolm's monologue in this episode. As usual, we start with Hugh's news from Hugh Morgan-Williams and finish with his Hugh's view.
1: So, let's go to Hugh. This week, the government eases visa restrictions on hauliers and poultry workers, but industry says it's too little, too late. Petrol queues could last for weeks. French fishermen warn of retaliatory action over the refusal of fishing permits. Brexit is blamed for 300 million rotting daffodils. GB stickers for drivers on the continent reach the end of the road. And Michel Barnier gives a new account of wrangling with the Brits. In a move that the government's resisted for weeks, 5,000 visas for EU hauliers and a similar quantity for poultry workers will be granted until Christmas Eve in a bid to save Christmas. A chronic shortage of tanker drivers with at least half of Britain's forecourts being drained dry by anxious motorists and dire warnings from Turkey and poultry producers of severe shortages of traditional Christmas fare have forced the government to cave in. Industry sources say the visas are too short a time to tempt EU workers to come to the UK, plus the fact the scheme is too limited and for far too short a time to make a real difference. The victor in the German elections, Olaf Scholz, Says free movement of people enables European states to pool skills. The British, she says, have chosen another path. They will have to deal with the consequences. Logistics experts are also pointing to Europe, where similar shortages of hauliers has not led to bare supermarket shelves or panic at the pumps. Ministers have been at pains to point out they are not considering extending the visa scheme to other sectors. Although howls of outrage are reported from warehouses the care and hospitality sector. Such a shortage of labour will choke off the recovery, say economists. Britain and France are trading fresh blows in the row of their fishing licences. French anger this week has turned on a refusal to grant most smaller fishing vessels licences to fish in the 12-mile limit. Jersey has rejected most of the applications to fish in its waters. France has said the decisions are totally unacceptable, and breach the post-Brexit Accord. There's already talk of retaliation in the form of cutting the electricity supply link to Jersey, blockades of ports, and a blockade of the Channel Tunnel. The French government's in talks with Brussels to try and find a solution. At the same time, the French police are threatening to stop patrolling the coastline for migrants if the Home Secretary Priti Patel withholds millions of pounds of support. It's been revealed this week that daffodil growers were forced to let 300 million flowers rot in the ground due to a lack of pickers caused by Brexit and the pandemic. Farmers say if the crisis isn't solved before next year's harvest, many will stop growing the flowers altogether. Post-Brexit reforms to gene editing in plants and animals could prompt big improvements in nutrition and productivity, say scientists. Ministers say regulations will be changed by the end of the year to allow scientists to begin field trials without doing risk assessments or obtaining formal consent, a process that costs up to £10,000 a time. The EU currently insists gene editing should be managed in the same way as genetic modification. On the 28th of September, GB stickers on cars reached the end of the road. Now, UK drivers on the continent will have to display a UK sticker instead. It's not sure what penalties UK drivers will endure for failing to adhere to this regulation. It seems at worst they could be barred from entering a country or turned back at the border. But over 100 years of motoring history has been expunged at the stroke of a pen. EU negotiator Michel Barnier has published a book, My Secret Brexit Diary. On the day the UK left the EU, Michel Barnier, who led the European negotiations to unravel more than four decades of British membership, admitted that he didn't get it. I still don't understand what the point of it is, even from the perspective of the British national interest, he wrote. Yet there is admiration for Britain in Barnier's secret Brexit diary, a blow-by-blow account of the marathon dance he performed with a succession of British ministers and two prime ministers, all of whose behaviour he found exasperating. Ending his inside tale of the divorce, subtitled A Glorious Illusion, Barnier wishes the best for a great people who have given much to the world. He also predicts that Les Anglais will soon be back to their usual tricks and trying to undermine their deal.
0: Hello, it's Malcolm Gallagher with Malcolm's Monologue. Do you know the rule of scarcity? You've been exposed to it a lot these last few weeks. It's the psychology used by many retailers such as Amazon, say, with only two left, or a store saying, the sale finishes in such and such a date. It's all done to move you towards buying, and it can be an effective and legitimate marketing tactic. Now, the opposite to this is that scarcity can cause panic, as we've seen recently with the availability, uh, or not available, of fuel at service stations. People queuing for ages fill in their tanks wherever possible. It's reported that one lady put in 90 pence worth just atop of her tank. Scarcity has also hit us on the shop shelves because of HGV driver shortage. The downstream of this has been that, again, uh, hoarding of toilet rolls or anything else tipped by the media as going to be in short supply. And don't start on turkeys. Government is desperately trying to sell a spin that it's not Brexit that's caused millions of gallons of milk to be poured away. Uh, It's the driver shortage. And it's not Brexit that's caused possible toys and turkey shortage at Christmas. Now, in some ways, they could be right, as there are supply chain problems across the world. But not as bad as in the UK, where I have to say to you, the world is having a laugh at us. I was dismayed with Boris Johnson's conservative conference speech. It was just full in my mind of mumbo-jumbo and brush-offs. We have serious problems now to manage, yet he's playing his usual diversion game, trying to divert us away from the reality to today's problems by talking about things like levelling up and the like. And telling people to get back to the office is shown a huge lack of understanding of the psyche of the average office worker these days. 48% of the workforce are estimated by McKinsey to be going to move job this year. Anxiety is a big problem, so we need compassionate leadership, which I don't feel is within Boris's ability. But every business leader knows that he or she has to change leadership style and dig deep into their emotional intelligence in order to retain the talent in their organisation and have the ability of recovery and growth. What annoyed me about Boris's approach, and don't get me wrong, I like motivation, is that he was appearing to say that because of the vaccine, Covid was conquered. Yes, it may become yet another virus like the flu, but here's the truth. People have been through an unprecedented hard time. Thousands of lives have been lost. People have not been able to grieve properly. So there's no magic fairy dust, Disney fairy dust, to make things better. Time is the healer. Understanding is key. So is it all Brexit that's caused this havoc? Well, a good part of it, in my mind, it's yes, but not totally. What we must realize that uncertainty is now with us. Change will continue to be the only constant and many upsets along the way. So how in your business are you going to manage this? What should you be doing? As a business owner or leader, you need to understand resilience. It's not just a word for the time of when it's flooding, but a word that encompasses many actions you can take to not only protect your business, but also, in many cases, a light upon opportunities. Mm -hmm. You can make a resilience plan by yourself, but in my experience, having done many for businesses, you'll more than likely need to... uh, You don't often go deep enough in scenario planning, and also you need to forget to look for the uh, people forget to look for the upsides such as planning can uncover and cover. But a resilience plan is key in exploring areas of vulnerability. It's not a negative thing, although it may sound it, but it can actually be beneficial. Resilience planning can also help you sell more too, as I know that buyers, and I work with a lot of them, are risk-averse even more these days. But the very fact that you have a resilience plan will bring them comfort and that can tip the scales in your favour. So, there's always a sunny side to find. We'll find more upsides next episode. Fake and misleading news exists, and it can be dangerous for you. Get a true view of the news with Hugh's view from Hugh Morgan Williams, often prickly but always insightful.
1: Keep Calm and Negotiate was inscribed on mugs in his office in the face of walkout threats from emotional Britons he repeatedly pulled the talks back from the brink. Barnier, 70, a former Conservative foreign minister and European commissioner, was a good choice by Jean-Claude Juncker, the Commission President in 2016. A politician long known as thorough, courageous and a little dull, he cultivated the support of the member states, visiting everyone from the Baltics in Ireland and Malta, ensuring he thwarted Britain's non-stop campaign to split the front of the 27. A master of detail, Barnier is impressed by the dignified, competent and lucid British civil servants led by Ollie Robbins, Theresa May's advisor and Brexit negotiator. He's amazed by the insincerity of the politician negotiators, from David Davis through Dominic Raab to David Frost. Although Davis refused to engage in detail, he liked him. He was startled by Raab's messianic glow in the eye, and incredulous when he said he had only just discovered that we are particularly reliant on the Dover-Calais crossing. Relations with Lord Frost ended poorly after the masquerade of British endgame last winter with squabbling over fishing and rules for the level playing field in trade. He rather likes Boris Johnson, but finds him frivolous, unbriefed, almost unhinged when he adopts a madman strategy in the closing phase of the trade negotiations, walking away saying Britain would be happy with no deal. To understand Britain's aversion to Brussels, Barnier says he began by reading The Commissioner, a 1987 novel by Stanley Johnson, the Prime Minister's father. The big frustration for Barnier was what he calls the refusal of British leaders to assume the consequences of a referendum but the morally outrageous Brexiteers never thought through. It was a failure to grasp everything, from the economic damage to the implications for Ireland and the Good Friday Agreement, he writes. While bickering over the Irish backstop in late 2018, he writes, It is now almost two and a half years since a majority of British people voted for Brexit. Under the leadership of politicians like Dominic Raab, and every passing day shows that they haven't realised the consequence of what is truly at stake here. The chaotic British conduct stemmed from the government's failure to grasp that it held few cards while Brussels held most of them. When Davis likened the negotiation to buying a house, Barnier corrected him. It's not a question of bargaining because Europe was not selling anything. So we see. The consequences playing out today with the hauliers disputes the hauliers shortages and industry begging the government to help
0: thanks you i don't know what the next week or so will bring in this constantly and fast-changing world but you can be sure that we'll bring you a sensible digest of the news and as much upbeat as we can find thanks for listening